The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. There's no crying in baseball! No crying! And this game's underway. Into the windup of his first offering. Just a bit outside. Here's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a home run. Oh, my God. Deep to right field. Way up there. They're going to wave him in. I don't believe it. My, oh, my. And look who's coming up. You have got to be kidding me. You talk about a roll of the dice. This is it. Okay, play ball. Welcome, everybody. Happy Friday, July 15th. Welcome into Payoff Pitch, Action Network's go-to betting podcast as it relates to Major League Baseball. Your host, Brendan Glasheen, with Action Network Senior Editor Colin Whitchurch, Action Network Senior Writer Sean Zarillo. We join you every Tuesday and Friday during the baseball season. We'll get to best bets momentarily. We'll also fade the public. I don't think we're talking Reds today. Uh, no Reds-Yankees anymore. Sad. Reds took two or three this week. Underdogs, we always get to dogs, but want to get our top dogs of the day. And then some final bets from both Colin and Zarillo to wrap up the show. Also, stay tuned. We've got some uh, good stuff to get you set for for next week during All-Star Week because you might be thinking, oh, well, I mean, how are they going to do podcasts next week with the All-Star break? Have no fear. We'll, we'll, that's, a, that's a tease. We'll get, we'll get to that in a bit. Let's start with uh, best bets. Are you going to place a bet or what? They never quit. It's unbelievable. It's kind of the game within the game here. We'll go to Colin Whitchurch first. What do you got for us, Colin? I am going to one of the worst pitching matchups of the day between the Tigers and Guardians. We've got Drew Hutchison against Zach Plesak. Hutchinson was primarily a reliever for most of the last five years. He's walking almost as many guys as he strikes out this year, um, splitting time between the bullpen and the rotation. He has 5.6 strikeouts per nine, 4.3 walks per nine. You look at his ERA, 4.08. It's not terrible for a guy of his ilk, but a 5.51 XERA and a 5.24 XFIT. His BABIP sitting at 250 when his career BABIP is 307, so obviously a ton of regression coming from him. And on the other side, Zach Plesak is a heavy regression candidate himself, someone I've been looking to fade a lot this year. He's got a 3.99 ERA, 5.55 XERA, and a 4.39 XFIP. He also just simply doesn't miss bats. His strikeout rate is very low. And so I think you can see where I'm going with this. It's it's the over. 
And the one issue that I often have with betting overs with Detroit is that they have one of the worst offenses in baseball. They started out historically bad offensively right now. I think they have the second worst weighted runs created plus in baseball. But if you look at recent results, a lot of times we can have some recency bias. Every team, even the worst teams go through a little bit of hot stretches, but if you coincide Detroit's hot offense with the call-up of Riley Green, a spark club. He's been awesome since he got healthy and got called up. Since Riley Green debuted on June 18th, Detroit has a league average offense, 100 weighted runs created plus. They've been much more competent. Obviously, they were going to regress from their historically bad start regardless, but Green has helped catapult that offense. So between Detroit's offense improving, fading Plesak, fleeting Fading Hutchison. I like over eight and a half here. There might even be some eights you can find out there somewhere. And that's even better. And I also like the first five over four and a half for the sake of an actual best bet though, over on the full game, eight or eight and a half is where I'm going. Okay. Excellent. Let's go to uh, Sean Zarillo, who is going to stay in the AL central with his pick. Yeah. The white Sox first five and full game money lines project them actually as a slight favorite for the first five innings at minus one Oh eight. Slight underdog for the full game at plus 108. So I like those two lines down to plus 101 and plus 118, respectively. Two starting pitchers who have regressed lately and who I expected to regress for a little bit, Michael Kopech and Devin Smeltzer. But the splits certainly favor the White Sox here. They're the best offense in baseball against left-handed pitching. We've talked about it a bunch this season, but 29% better than league average, something which is carried over from last year which is not to say that the Twins aren't good against right-handed pitching. The Twins are fourth in WRC plus against righties, but they're just 14%, 16% above league average. The White Sox close to 30% better than league average against lefties. Looking at the season-long metrics for Kopech and Smeltzer, Kopech has a sub-four expected ERA, Smeltzer around 4.75. So Kopech, slightly better starting pitcher. White Sox, slightly better offensive splits. Give the defensive advantage to Minnesota but the bullpen advantage probably points back towards Chicago. So taking all that into consideration, despite the home field advantage for Minnesota, definitely like the White Sox in the first five innings, but I'm also betting their full game line too. As I mentioned, down to plus 101 for the first five, plus 118 for the full game. Okay, moving on to fade the public. We all cautioned you to consider the Reds on Tuesday, and the Reds, they delivered in historic fashion on Tuesday. Um, they were down 3 nothing in the ninth inning. They scored four runs in the ninth to beat the Yankees. 4-3. Unbelievable. I still can't get over it, and it's Friday. Uh, it'll take a while. Anyway, uh, we, when we fade the public, it, we just we look at the signals, and we're like, okay, that doesn't smell right. Are we fading the public? Do we go the other way? So there are, are some options here. I mean, you got the, the Dodgers playing the Angels today. Royals-Blue Jays is, is a lopsided matchup. But as it turns out, looking at the Action Network app, the latest here, Houston taking on the A's. Astros are home. Astros getting 90% of the bets and now 87% of the money. Minus 202 on the money line against Oakland at home. Are we fading the public, Colin? I lean towards no, not fading the public, but this game is ultimately a pass for me. I, I love betting Houston against lefties. Sean just mentioned the White Sox offense against lefties. Houston's right up there against lefties as well. And Jake Odorizzi is 
not someone I want to back, but the Oakland offense is also not someone I want to back. The reason I'm staying away, I, I was all over Houston last night. They were playing another lefty in Reed Detmers. They ultimately won that game, but they pushed the first five innings. They didn't get over their team total. So it was a net loss for me. And, and so I'm staying away today. This offense is just not quite what it can be without Jordan Alvarez, who's currently injured, MVP candidate. Line's a little bit too high for me to back Houston, and, and I don't like the number for Oakland as well. So ultimately, a stay away from me. Is there an angle for you, Sean, on this game? I'm waiting for minus 117 or better on the first five over four. I do not like either of these starting pitchers. Cole Irvin is expected ERA and the season is over five. He has been a little bit better of late, actually shut down the Astros in his last start. Jake Odorizzi, typically a pitcher I look to bet against because often you'll find him as a favorite with the Astros, especially when he's going against decent teams. And he's a pitcher I want to bet against when there's a minus number next to his name. But in terms of my projection, I probably need something closer to plus 190 in order to bet Oakland. As I said, my favorite bet for this game is probably the first five over four. Just the best available number I see currently is minus 120. So I'll continue to monitor that line and probably take a poke at the first five over if it comes into range. All right, so we're not very into the A's as a dog today, but that doesn't mean we don't have other underdog plays on the board. Uh, where's my dog? And both of you are going to talk about the same team, and it's those Baltimore Orioles, Colin. Yeah, they've won 10 straight games above 500 right there in the playoff chase. Love the Orioles right now, and I love them today because I love Tyler Wells. This is a love fest for Baltimore right now. Tyler Wells is one of the more underrated pitchers in baseball this year, sitting here with a 3.28 ERA, 3.38 XERA. His ground ball rate is 36.4%. So he's allowing a lot of fly balls, but he succeeds without missing bats, just 5.99 strikeouts per nine. The reason I like him today is he's primarily a fastball slider pitcher and Tampa is terrible against those two pitches. Minus 20.1 combined run value against fastballs and sliders this year. It's going to be an interesting game to watch for sure because Luis Patino starting for Tampa, coming back from a long-term injury, former top prospect came over from San Diego dealt with injuries, but an absolutely electric arm. I think Kevin Cash said they're only expecting to get an inning or two out of him tonight. So it's probably going to be a bullpen day for Tampa. The Orioles line has has hovered around plus money. I was kind of surprised to see it plus money. The the market's not buying in to the Orioles hot streak right now. And, and they're probably not as good as they're playing over these 10 games. Certainly. But I still like them today. If you can find them plus money, I, I think there's good value there. They have won. This is their third series against the Rays and the Orioles. Again, winners of 10 straight. They have won both of those series, taking two out of three in each of the first two series of the season. Zerillo, do they make the win streak 11, the Orioles? Yeah, I like the Orioles here too. And I actually bet against them during their games in Chicago, but I think getting them on the road against a good team in the AL East again, not facing a bad team, even though the winning streak is going on. And I typically find value going against teams who are on winning streaks. I think they are the value side of this matchup, particularly for the first five innings. I like that down basically to even money, make them slight favorites for the first five innings. But even over the full game, if you can get plus 114 or better, I like that too. Surprise, Colin didn't mention Tyler Wells' pop-up rate because he is the pop-up king around 18% on the year. So he is allowing a lot of fly balls, but they're not damaging fly balls. They're just kind of floating into foul territory, getting a lot of foul outs. Definitely prefer him when he's pitching in a park like Oakland with more foul ground as opposed to a park like Tampa Bay. 
that said, still, and maybe his team even loses some balls on that white roof there, which actually gives me some concern if he's going to be getting a lot of pop-ups. So maybe get some wonky plays with Wells with that white roof in Tampa Bay, but definitely like the Baltimore side of that matchup. My other favorite underdog is the Cincinnati Reds. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. So Tyler Green, Andre Palante, for some reason he gets labeled as like Neo Palante on certain sites. I don't know what's going on with that. If anybody could figure that out, please let me know because when I download data from Fangraphs, it's listing him as Neo Palante. But... They both have an expected ERA of around four this season, expected indicators around four. They just get there in very different ways. Green is strikeout rate around 30%. Palante does not strike out many batters, but he's a ground ball rate north of 60%. So very different styles of pitchers. Green allows a lot of home runs. Palante is going to keep the ball in the park, but he's going to give up walks and not strike people out. So very even starting pitching matchup here for me. We always talk about targeting the Cardinals against left-handed pitching as opposed to right-handed pitching. So probably in their worst offensive split tonight, definitely the Reds is the value side. The number came down for the first five innings. I don't see value on that anymore, but their full game line is still within range. Okay. And the Reds just took two or three from the Yankees. They are playing much better baseball than what their record indicates. That's for sure. Okay. Before we, uh, we get going, let's get it. Uh, we got to go around the diamond here, uh, make the turn for home and get through a couple of a uh, couple of final bets from each of the guys. We'll start with Colin and then we'll go to Zerillo. Yeah, I'm going to start with another just absolutely terrible hold your nose and bet it bet Braves Nationals. I got Patrick Corbin against Ian Anderson. I hate to bet it on Patrick Corbin, but I still like value here on Washington because I think Ian Anderson continues to be overvalued. He His walks are up and, and they don't seem to be coming down. He's up to 4.36 batters per nine. And the Nationals are a bad team overall, but they have a patient offense, you know, with with Soto and, and Josh Bell and some of those guys before the trade deadline. They have the 12th best walk percentage in the majors. This line actually came down a ton. I think there's a lot of sharp action on the Nationals. Came down almost to the point where it was out of range for me, but I still like the Nationals to plus 140. And I'm also going to be on the over here because, again, that's a hedge against Patrick Corbin just blowing up against a, a great Atlanta offense. Over nine and a half, Corbin gets beat up. Anderson's overvalued, so I like the over there as well. Phillies-Marlins, we can't let a podcast go by, a recording day go by on a day when Sandy Alcantara is pitching without mentioning Alcantara. He's on the mound tonight against the Phillies and Kyle Gibson. This is a blind over for me, six and a half. I think it's moved to seven at some shops. I still like it there. 
Philly's offense against either Alcantara or the Marlins bullpen. And Kyle Gibson is a very fadeable starting pitcher. So I'm taking over six and a half or seven in Philly's Marlins and Dodgers angels. It's, it's again, just betting against the Dodgers when they face a lefty big fan of Patrick Sandoval, obviously Kershaw's on the mound. So that line's going to be juiced up a bit in the Dodgers favor. So I like the angels plus 170 to plus 165 range there. Excellent. Sean Zarillo has got three more matchups that he wants to touch on for us. Yeah, I'll comment on Collins games real quick. So I actually continue to see slight value on Sandy for the first five innings. Surprisingly, I thought his lines would just get overinflated at some point. I'm not doing anything to adjust his numbers in my model. I've continued to bet on him basically nonstop. So if you can get minus 170 or better on Sandy for the first five innings, I think it's fine to lay that juice. As for the Nats and the Angels, I bet both of those teams, but I bet them last night. The Nationals line plummeted by about 30 cents, 40 cents from plus 185 down to plus 155. If you can get a plus 165 or better, I like the Nationals, which is surprising because I rarely bet on Corbin. And the Angels at plus 180 or better was my value line. Both of those numbers, I think, are gone. So just again, make sure you tail my price targets, not my plays in the action app. Need to put that out there as often as possible. The three games that I want to touch on, the Royals and the Jays, obviously the Royals won last night. Is huge underdogs, closed as high as plus 330, plus 350. Projected them around 29% again today. So roughly plus 240. If you can get plus 265 or better, I would continue to play the Royals. It is not a play I'm going to sit here and try to justify that, oh, they have advantages here. They don't have advantages anywhere. But it's still a baseball game. We're going to see it play out once. Manoa's gotten hit hard randomly in the past. He probably dominates, especially against the AAA lineup. But in terms of a value number, you still have to put the game out there. I think they win closer to three out of 10 times. The market's telling you they win two and a half out of 10 times. So that is roughly where I would play the Royals to. The Pirates and the Rockies, I actually think this is a good matchup for Jose Quintana, not because the Rockies have good splits against lefties, but because they chase pitches outside of the zone. And that is where Quintana is excelling this year. Bottom eight and chase rate gets the, the Rockies offense is bottom eight and chase rate. And Quintana is excelling at getting hitters to chase pitches outside of the zone, swing and miss outside of the zone and hit into weak contact outside of the zone. So the pirates in either half down to about plus plus one twenty two have broken my heart in extra innings mm-hmm. the past two days. So we have first five in full game. Maybe we'll get at least the split out of it there. And then lastly, the marquee matchup, the Red Sox and the Yankees. Nathan Eovaldi has given up a ton of home runs this season, more than two per nine innings. It's actually something he's done in the past too. Home run to fly ball rate over 20%. But looking at his career averages, he's actually a guy who gives up one home run per nine inning. And he's also a guy who gives up roughly a league average home run to fly ball rate around 11%, 11 11.5%. His expected ERA this season because of those home runs is over four. It's at 4.3, but his expected FIP Sierra are actually in the low three. So aside from giving up a bunch of home runs, I really don't see any reason to be concerned with what Evaldi's done this season. Boston's money line down to plus 146. You're getting the Yankees coming off of losing a series to the Reds where people may be piling on saying, oh, they're not going to lose three out of four, even though it's against Boston. So Boston down plus 146 would be my value number. Okay, and Evaldi making his first start in quite a bit, dealing with that back injury for the Red Sox. It's been north of a month that he's been out. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, I did mention 
before we wrap up the show, I mentioned that we've got a couple of uh, exciting things coming your way next week uh, during All-Star Week because you're probably thinking, well, without any games, what, what could we be doing? Well, well, we have something for you, multiple things. So first of all, next Monday is the Home Run Derby. As many of you might know, if you didn't, now you do. We are doing a live YouTube show exclusively on the Action Network YouTube page. So stay tuned for that. We'll break down the home run derby for you. That should be fun. Betting on the derby, always a blast. Then, Tuesday, we typically join you, right? Well, the All-Star Game is Tuesday. We'll have a special episode coming out Tuesday, late morning when it's posted, for the All-Star Game. So, special edition of Payoff Pitch for next Tuesday's All-Star Game. That's coming your way. And then, the following day, to get you set for the second half of the season, we will have a special Wednesday edition of Payoff Pitch as a second half. Look ahead, some futures, team futures, awards, all that good stuff to kind of reset and get set for a great second half. Trade deadline, buyers, sellers, that kind of stuff that should come up. So look forward to that. Mark your calendars. We're busy all week, even though it's an all-star break next week. Monday, live home run derby show. Tuesday, all-star game payoff pitch. Wednesday, second half, look ahead for the baseball season. For Colin Whitchurch, Sean Zarillo, Brendan Glasheen, best of luck, everybody. Thanks for joining us all season long, all first half of the season. And we look forward to next week for the All-Star break. We'll talk to you next time. Look at his crowd on its feet. What a tribute. No one wants to leave.